perfect in all of his ways. And I'm loved by him. Who I am. Who I am. I'm just so happy to uh, have the opportunity to be here tonight. And thank you for being here. I want to just start uh, by responding to something. Five, six, seven, eight cash registers that nobody's working at. 
that's frustrating to me. I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, man, what's the deal? So I get frustrated with things like that. And I think that sometimes in our Christ walk, there are times when we can be frustrated. Not angry, not mad, but just, just frustrated. And I think, as we talked about last week, we, 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 the first part of it was like, I'm not good enough. And if we could go to that for just a second. Last week was, I'm not good enough. And the answer in Romans 8 to that was no condemnation. This week we're going to talk a little bit about, I can't change, not growing. It's the same old, same old is the term that I use. And I believe in Romans 8, we're going to uh, look tonight and we're going to see things where it says there's no frustration in, in, uh, in those times where you feel like you may not be growing. So, uh, when you have those frustrations, part of it for me has been, and maybe it has been for you, that I have found at times, not all the time, but times where I feel like I'm not changing fast enough, I'm not growing fast enough, things aren't going at the speed that I want them to go. I want to go from here to here, and it just seems like sometimes I'm having to take all these steps in between. And again, that can be frustrating. I don't know if you've ever encountered that, where you ask, why is it taking so long? Why can't it be faster? And... I believe that God is saying, at least in the study, in the, the study that I've had in this time, in this eighth chapter of Romans, that God is saying that, that we don't have to have frustration. That doesn't mean that sometimes we won't feel frustrated like we do at the grocery store, somebody parks next to our car, or things of that nature. But we don't have to be frustrated. Does that make sense? The difference between this. You might feel that way, but you don't have to actually be frustrated. And so I think that as we kind of walk through this, you'll see some of the things that I want to share that can show you that we are growing, that we are moving, that we are actually changing, even though we may be not realizing that. So it's not because of anything that we're doing, of course. It's not anything that we do because of what God is doing through us. So I want to say the first reason that I know we can change is that we have a new nature. Okay? So I wanted to explain that just a little bit, how it came to that. This uh, word flesh shows up a lot in Romans. We talked about it a lot last week, walking in the flesh, uh, you know, living in the flesh. Um, it, the, the, the Greek word for that is sarx. And the definition, you can read all of it there, but the thing that really stood out to me denotes mere human nature. That's what the flesh is. It's human nature. It's really it's sinful nature in some translations of Romans. So... When you look at it that way, that, that that's what the flesh is, and, and you go and, and read, now we're going to read this passage 5 through 8, and that is, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, or those who live according to their human nature, their sinful nature, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. We're going to talk about this a little bit more later. But the, and then the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed, that's a real important part, the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong. They do not belong to Christ. So, we have a lot of choices that we have to make. 
And those choices, uh, much like uh, if you're building a house, you have to make some decisions, make choices on what you want to do along the way. We have those choices to make. And one of the things that we can choose is we can choose the power according to which we live. We can choose that. It's not something that someone else has to do for us. It's something we can do. We have the control to do that. We can choose the power. Remember last week we talked a lot about, or I was sharing at the end, about being connected to God's power. We can choose the power that we live according to. And I don't know if you've ever uh, ridden a horse, anybody ridden a horse, maybe, so, uh, or, or, or know a little bit about it. Um, when you ride a horse, you, it, for the best experience for you as the rider and for the horse, is to have a saddle. And that saddle has to be fastened to that horse. You can't, uh, you can't do that without fastening the saddle. And the way you do that is there's a belt apparatus and you pull it into the buckle and you split it through the loop and make sure it's tight and secure. That's what you do. So when the horse begins, if you're on the saddle after it's been fastened, the horse takes off, you're going along with it, you're on the saddle, everything's good. If it's not fastened to the horse, then what's going to happen is the horse is going to go that way, you're going to fall off this way. That's physics. That's just what's going to happen. And I am using that example as I thought about this, that what I want to do is fasten myself to things of the Spirit. I want to connect myself to things of the Spirit. I want to, uh, to, to, in any way I can, make sure that I am putting my life in a way that is connected to that or in, in that way fastened to it. I'm thinking about it where it's just where I'm actually tying it to things of the Spirit. And so one of the things is as we choose to do uh, what we can do to, uh, we can choose what we want to fasten our life to. I wanted to also talk about this word just a little bit. Uh, in the uh, passage that we read tonight, you'll, you'll see, and then also in verses 1 to 4, uh, it talks about living according to or in accordance with. You will see that quite a bit. So I looked that up just to try to, as I did many things that I'm not going to share with you tonight, but I looked at this and as I looked at it, I saw in conformity with, so I want to live in conformity with things of the Spirit, that's what I want to do, a state of the Old Testament, and then depending on. And I saw that, that really rang out. I started to think about how would that read if I were to say that. Going to read, uh, those who live depending on the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live depending on the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Depending on. Think about that. Now, see, you said, well, yeah, we've got to depend on God. We know that. But what I'm saying is, just think about that as that in, in terms of we, we're going to do one or the other. We can choose which power source we're going to be connected to. So we can choose to be depending on the Spirit or depending on things of the world, depending on our sinful nature, depending on everything else that's around us that we see all of the time. And so I think that choice is very important that we make, that we decide my power is going to be coming from the Spirit of God and not from things of the world. That's a core decision that has to be made, and I think is, is, is set forth in, in what we're uh, looking at here tonight. So again, we get to choose what we fasten ourselves to. Okay? And now if we make that choice, or once we do, our choice that we make determines our, think, determines our thinking. Now think about that. That's our thought life. 
that choice of what power I'm going to try to live my life in accordance with, depending on the spirit or the world, is going to determine my thinking, what my thought life is. Okay, so if I, I believe that when we get these feelings at times, and I believe it's the lies of the enemy, but when we have these things in our mind that are, we can't change. Oh, here we go again. Oh, it's the same old, same old. Or it's, uh, I, I, oh, I messed up again. Or, wow, I did that. Or, man, I shouldn't have spoken that way to that person. Or, man, even though they did that, I need to forgive that person, but I just can't. Whatever it might be, and we feel like we're not growing, we're not changing because of those things, I think it has a lot to do with the things that we're putting in our thought life. It does for me. And so what I'm wanting to make sure that I explain at least clearly is that the path of our thoughts ultimately leads to a destination. Our, the path of our thoughts are not meandering around somewhere and they just go aimlessly somewhere. The path of our thoughts are going to arrive at a place of outcome. Okay? There's going to be a destination. So if we're doing that, do we want our thoughts to be leading down the path and the destination is our sinful nature? Or do we want our thoughts to, the path of our thoughts, to lead us to our spiritual thought? That's where I want to be. That's where, but, but it has to happen with me deciding where am I going to get the power in my life? From my sinful nature or from the spirit? Or, and then, what am I going to do about my thoughts? I'm going to think because the path of those thoughts is going to take me one way or the other. But that determines our thinking, the first decision that we make about what power we're going to be connected to. So, you'll just stay with me. I just want to make sure that I'm understood, or that everybody's understanding this first part that, that we have. So, now, if we look at that, again, having the choice of what we're going to do, where we're going to be fastened to, the next thing is, as it says here, our thinking determines our life. So, the power, we can choose sinful nature, we can choose spirit love life, that's going to determine our thinking and what our thought life is, and then that thinking determines how we live and ultimately what our life is. That's what, that's when you're growing, when you're looking at it and seeing, well, yeah, look where my life is in Christ right now. It's going on. Well, that started when you decided where you were going to, what power source you were going to live in accordance with. And then that was going to help you determine the thinking that you were going to have. So be thinking of things of the Spirit. And then that ultimately determines how you live and your life. We get to choose what we think We get to choose what we think When we set our minds and our thoughts on the Spirit, that's when God can do the things in our life He wants to do in giving us all the abundant life reason that I know that we can change and grow, we, we have a new nature, we also have a new power. We have a new power. There's three words, as I was looking at different translations, reading Romans 8, reading some other material, and studying for this, there were three words that came up, and I wanted to share these three words with you, and that is control, ownership, and obligation. I'm going to unpack those very quickly. Control, let's go to verse 8 again. Those who are still under the control of their simple nature, nature can never please God. Or who are controlled by their simple nature. But your simple nature does not control you. 
Holy Spirit controls. human nature, the flesh that we talked about before, merely our human nature, is one of control, is it not? It's not everybody fight with, I want to control everything in my life. If you don't, then I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but you're unlike everyone else in the world. We all want to exercise control over our life. We want to control everything. We want the power and the authority over the things and decisions in our life. That's what we want. As a matter of fact, we're in a political season right now presidential election. We had a primary yesterday. The political discourse in this country, I guess, if you think about it, is all about control. It's all about control. It doesn't matter what side you're on. If you're the Democratic side and listening to what they're presenting, their idea is you don't want to be controlled by billionaires and by big banks and by corporations and by the companies that, that don't pay you enough and you're, you're under their thumb. You're you, you don't want them to control you if you're the Republicans. It's like, you don't, we have too much regulation. We have government on our back. We've got too many, uh, too, too, too high taxes. So I'm not here talking about politics tonight. I'm giving you an example that the whole campaign of political discourse, if you boil it right down, is about control. Because we want it, and they've got it, and they're going to campaign to convince us to go one way or the other to Give us more control. That's what the whole political discourse seems to be right now. So I have said, and you've heard this saying before, instead of looking for control in my life, I want to do this. Say that with me. Let go, let God. We've all heard that before, but do we do it every day? Every day? Say it again. Let go, let God. Forget trying to be a control freak. Forget what it is that you want to decide. Let it go and let him do the work. The next word is ownership. Ownership, I'm going to read this verse, Romans 8 9. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. When something belongs to you, it's a possession. When something belongs to me, I mean, my, my car belongs to me. My home belongs to me. It's one for me in the bank. Uh, but when it belongs to me, I have ownership in it, or it's a possession of mine. So what this is saying is, is that if we're not, those that are not having the Spirit of Christ living in them, do not belong to Him. He doesn't have ownership of your life. And it's very important. There was another article I read, and I was trying to find who it was, and I, I lost track of it. But he described the Romans 8, in, in sort of three different areas, and one of them, I think, has to do with ownership. One is level one. He says it's three levels. Level one, verses five to eight, you have not the Spirit. You read those verses, you'll see how this applies. Level two, verses nine to eleven, you have the Spirit. Level three, verses twelve to seventeen, the Spirit has you. Now think about the difference between those for a second. They all sound sort of the same, but they're not at all. You have not the Spirit, you have the Spirit, but the Spirit has you. That's different. When the Spirit really has you, He has, God has ownership. And so, I think that when we're in Christ, we have to. When we are in Christ, we have to trade ownership of our lives. What we're trading it for, we can talk about for hours and hours, and I'm not going to get into all that. 
to give ownership. We have to trade ownership for all he can do for us, but we have to let him be in an ownership position in our lives. And the last word that I wanted to share about the new power that we can have is obligation. And reading now from verse 12, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. There's a very stark choice there. You're going to die or you're going to live by that decision. But the main thing is, is that you have that choice. We have, I have that choice to make. I am under no obligation to the devil to succumb to any temptation he puts in front of me. None whatsoever. And in fact, I have victory over it, and I can be an overcomer in every way, but I have no obligation to him. I don't owe him anything. He has no place in my life. And that obligation is to walk in the Spirit, to walk with Christ, to do what He taught us to do, because what He taught us to do were the things that we are going to experience in our life that will give us joy, peace, victory. Those are the things that will occur once we are, are, are giving that up in ownership, leaving the control behind and letting Him take control, and then realizing that we do have, as Christians, as Christ followers, an obligation to do the things that he's asked us to do as we walk in the Spirit and not walk according to or depending on our sins of nature. There's a little prayer, I guess, or, or, or a reinforcement, encouragement, whatever. It, it's a prayer that I was thinking that we could say every day or many times a day. And, and, and I wanted to just show this to you. Lord, I turn over control to you. Lord, I turn over control to you. Lord, I give ownership of my life to you. I give ownership of my life to you. I'm marked. I'm bought with a price. I give ownership of my life to you. Lord, I accept my obligation of what I should do. I accept my obligation to you. Give ownership to you. Give control to you. That's something that if you just pray that that every day, just that, and of course there's a lot of things that surround that, but just say, Lord, help me turn over control to you. Help me give ownership of my life to you. Help me fulfill the obligation. that I know that we can change. We have a new nature. We have a new power. And that's the one that we say tonight. We have a new father. We have a new father. In verse 14, we're going to go at the start of verse 14 here. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. They're the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather, the Spirit you receive 
brought about your adoption to sonship. Now again, sonship is daughtership. If we're all children of God, we're all in that family. choice of those words and the, and the translations is powerful. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now, last week I said that. That's right. Praise you, Lord. Because we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Does it what I said is, does it get any bigger than that? Does it get any bigger than that? If so, I would like to meet you out here after the service and please tell me what that is, because I want it. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. We cry, Abba, Father. Let me tell you a quick story at our preschool. I have a family of a lot of diversity in our school because of the Mayo Clinic. We have a lot of people from all over the world that come in and work on visas or research or science or something. And there was this family, and they were uh, uh, from Israel. And uh, that little boy, I think it was two and a half or so, I think. And I'll never forget, he was there, and we were uh, giving a tour. They were enrolled, and they were attending the school. And we were giving a tour, and we were walking out there, and I was talking to someone about, you know, here's what we do, and here's this and that. And then he came, the father came uh, through the door, one of the doors, onto the playground where we were standing, and was talking to this other family, because he walked in the classroom and realized there was no one in there, so he knew they were on the playground. So he sat down on the playground with this little boy, this little two-and-a-half-year-old somewhere in that neighborhood, two-and-a-half-year-old, three, was, I, I wouldn't want to say running, it was more like wobbling. <laughs> And when he was wobbling over there, this is what he said, Abba, 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 Abba. And I just thought, see, that's, if, if, if I look at that and I think, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Abba, Abba, Abba. Thank you for coming to get me. Thank you for picking me up today. Thank you for being here for me. Thank you for loving me. Abba, Abba, Abba. That little boy, that little circumstance, that's us. We're just his children. He loves us like that. That's what it's all about. How much he loves us like that. And that we can be his children and also be joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good news. <laughs> That's good. So, as we close, I just want to uh, tell you that change occurs by many, many choices that we make. It is not, as I said before, I want to get from here to here. It's not like that. I wish I could tell you it was. If I could write a book and sell it to you, you could probably buy it. If I could tell you how to do that, you can. It's little choices every day, all the things that we do. We need to decide what we're going to be connected to, what power we're going to live according to. You know, that's going to determine how we think, and the thinking is going to determine how we live and what our life is. And so, 
those little choices, we can choose to pray, we can choose to spend time in devotion, we can choose to forgive, we can choose to love. We can choose to do a lot of things, and all of those things, as they add up and as they work together, that's how we grow. That's how we get closer and, 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 and get into a more intimate relationship with us. That's how we change. It's by making those little decisions all along the way, those choices was talking about before. And so, we have a new nature in the Spirit. We have a new power in the Spirit. We can choose, I've repeated this, I want to put on this, this is important, I want you to get this, this has been the beginning. We can choose what power we're going to put into our sinful nature for the Spirit. That choice then determines my thinking, my thought life. And that thought life and my thinking determines my life and how I live. So what I want to do then is make that right choice, okay? So I want to plug into the power of the Spirit. I want to walk according to the Spirit. I want to plug in there. Okay, so now I want to think about things not things of the world. I want to think about eternal things. I want to think about spiritual things. I want to think about walking the extra mile. I want to think about turning the other cheek. I want to think about speaking with a, with, with a, a sweet voice instead of a harsh voice. I want to love on all the relationships that I have deeper than I've ever, ever done before. I want to think about that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, nor my mind cannot imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. That's what I want to think about. I want to think about forgiveness. I want to think about letting go of grudges of people who have wronged me. I want to think about, yes, letting go and forgiving and forgetting about people who have offended me. Think about things that are spiritual things and eternal things and things that matter in this life. I want to think about the joy that I can have in you. I want to think about the peace that I can have in you. I want to think about things as I walk according to as I depend upon the Spirit of God that He's given us here as our helper. That's why He's a helper. He's here to help. So, my prayer tonight is that as you look at this eighth chapter of Romans, that we make those decisions that will continue our Christ walk in growth, in, in learning, in changing, to be all that we can be in Him. That's my prayer for us tonight. And I 
just want to also say, and just remember, as we cry out in our prayer and as we believe that we have Abba, Abba, that He is a good, good Father. It's a, he's a good, good Father. It's who He is. And I'm loved by Him, the song says. And that's who I am. And He's perfect in all of His ways. All of His ways, He's perfect. So let control go. Just let it go. Let go, let God. You know? Just let it go. Let Him do it. Because if we walk the kingdom of the Spirit, there is no limit except for what we might put on ourselves. There's no limit to what He can do in our lives. There's no limit to the victory He can provide. There's no limit to the members of your family that can be saved. There's no limit to the job or the financial circumstances you're in that He can bring into correction. There's no limit to that. But the start with that choice of where I'm going to plug in that power. Am I going to give power to the sinful nature of my life? Am I going to give power to the spirit? And I'm going to start thinking on things of God. And that thinking is going to determine my life. Father, I thank you for this time tonight. We love you. We love you. We love you. You're a good, good father. And I just pray and hope that anything that's been said today only brings glory to your name lift you up in this house tonight. And that can be hopefully encouraging. That this word would be an encouraging word to someone or many that may may need it or benefit from it tonight. Not because of anything I've said, but because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit where you can take it and put it right into the place in our lives where we